Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is a new series that we're picking up on the show. We are going back through the archives of this incredible band through their own magazine. Um, you probably know that Metallica had a magazine. I gotta be honest, I was sort of aware of it. Didn't really have any way of obtaining it when I first became aware of it, sort of maybe 2004, 2005. And as I've grown on, it's been something in the backdrop that I've been, you know, wanted to read, of course, but never been able to get my hands on. And, you know, luckily, through Stefan Shiraz's amazing hardback book, which is kind of a best-of cover, uh, a best-of collection of So What stuff, I became familiar with the magazine, and I I wanted to read more. Here I had a greatest hits of sorts, but out there, there was 20, 25-odd issues of this thing. So what we're going to do today um is go through technically the first sorry the second and third and fourth issues because we haven't actually got the first issue um but you know that's maybe not available the rest are available digitally at least we've been able to source please let us know if you can find them as well so we're going to go through um issue by issue and so just point out interesting stuff tidbits because i was really startled really i consider myself not a scholar of metallica but someone who knows quite a lot but these are just jam packed and you can only seemingly read them here you know you can get online editions but it's not proliferated through the internet anyway I'm jabbering on here. Uh, this is the So What Files, and I'm joined by my perennial co-host, John Sturm. John, how's it going? I'm good, Tom. How are you? I'm I'm well. And you, what other bands have a magazine? I I think the Beatles had one. I think Paul McCartney had one. Can you think of any other ones? Um, the only one that comes to mind is uh, Iron Maiden. I think they still do a uh, a, uh, a magazine okay. for their fan club. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It has to be sort of one of these behemoths. And, you know, mm. I'm sure many hipster bands have, like, e-newsletters and stuff and, and bulletins. <laughs> and But there's something so God's honest. There's something I, I respect and love so much about So What is that for most of its run, it was, you know, it was printed copy, wasn't it? Sent out to all the fan club. It was, yeah. Um, they, um, I think it was four a year. Right. So you signed up, you paid your, um, I think, for UK people, I think it was about £35, £35 a year. And you got... Okay. Four magazines and a T-shirt and a little card and everything like that, you know. So, and what is your history with the magazine? Were you collecting it during the nineties, or? Um, I was I actually. Um, when I went to see them in '96, they were giving out these little blue flyers to join the club, and at the time, I didn't have the the, the money to to join the club, which I regret now. Um, but uh, later on, in about I don't know '99, '98, I think it was yeah '98, uh, I then joined and I got my four magazines uh, every year, yeah, up until they uh, closed in. Well, I don't know, two years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. So, some something like that, and. Uh, as I said, I'd not really read an actual So What edition before, so going through, making these notes, I was bowled over by how mm. this is genuinely a magazine. You know, these are long articles, these are interesting, of the calibre of anything you'd read in an equivalent mojo, you know, Rolling Stone sort of thing. It has that element to it. Mm, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... Um... I've never read the uh, the earlier ones, and yeah. the the back issues were only available if you bought them. So I only read the ones from '98 onwards. Sure. So going back to these ones, the, the the overall feeling that I'm that I get from these is that oh, the magazine changed so much when um, uh, Stefan Chirazi took over. So there's yeah. a real sort of quaintness to these initial issues. 
Yes, definitely. It feels like when you're a kid at school and you make a web page on Word or something. Like it has <laughs> those sort of click and drag properties. It's charming. It's yeah. you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm fluent in the zine kind of culture, but I know that mm. that's something that prided itself on the sort of DIY aesthetics there, and it has that to it. And it's and it's you know, it's kind of of Metallica's Black Album era as well, the '90s altogether. Um, but but I agree, yeah, there is something uh, very endearing about the somewhat dated but nonetheless compelling style. So yeah, just before um, we get into these issues, uh, please follow the show at Metallica Pod on the Twitter. Get in touch with me, Metallica Pod at gmail.com if you want to come on and discuss a song. As I've said, depending on when you listen to this in the future, maybe you can apply again. But we're recording this in March 2018. We've pretty much got all the way to the end of 2018 booked in with guests now but if you want to come on for a later era song you know try the s's try the t's uh let me know and we'll, we'll get you signed up for that patreon as well is there itunes please leave us a review on itunes that is greatly appreciated but we're gonna go into now um the so what magazine this is volume one issue two as i say um john we weren't able to get the first one no, so these are all um, these are all available on the Metallica website under the Met Club section. Um, you can buy certain copies in hard copy, but uh, there are only a sort of a, a hand not handful, but there's only certain ones that are available digitally. So unfortunately, I have a feeling that issue one was the James issue. Yes. <laughs> so we don't we don't have a James issue, but we've got a Lars, Kirk, and Jason one. So. Exactly, exactly. It makes sense, um, you know, to kick off the, the magazine really by showing the four horsemen uh, on the on mm. the various covers. And um, yeah, let's get into it. So this is volume one, issue two. This is the Kirk Hammer issue. And, you know, pulled from the sort of Kerrang era, what we see here in So What are big full scale photos, you know, of the band shot expertly and that can be used as posters. There's a lot of full spread shots of the guys, isn't there? Yeah, it's interesting because I... I printed mine uh, my my copies out because mm. uh, i prefer to the read and hard print and i was like oh if i was 17 i'd definitely be putting some of these posters <laughs> up on my wall yeah. but at 38 i don't think i'm allowed anymore so no and you know immediately we learn that this is metallica's magazine you know because there's an mm-hmm. advert for tama drums but lars is there so it's kind of you know pulling them together Twen- a 12 year connection of solid rock and roll is what it boasts mm. and we get to the index page which as you say again has a sort of you know antiquated feel but um you know there's something really winning about it i think the way it looks yeah and i think the thing about it is that they really started um as they as they meant to go on and it was really you know by the band for the fans it was um throughout the entire run of the magazine you know it was created with fans in mind it was aimed at getting a little bit deeper into things it wasn't just your regular press um puff piece you know that you would find in kerrang or metal hammer or anything like that you know it was it was trying to dig into those aspects of the band that you wouldn't ordinarily see i think and this time in the magazine, as you say, was under different uh, leadership, uh, not under mm-hmm. Stefan at this moment. It's by Tony Smith, who we will see in the issues we're going to discuss today, always has a sort of uh, letter from the editor that, that are well written and interesting. And, you know, often with magazines, you get these sort of greetings from the, you know, head guy. And it's like, well, what is this? It's just sort of a contents page. But this really shows you how fucking massive Metallica were, unless you're in any doubt of that, where I imagine the first issues came out and obviously it's exploded because it's Metallica. And then and this editor's note is basically him just explaining all the different um, exchange rates for foreign currency. So, you know, if you're in Belgium or Denmark or, you know, Switzerland or the UK, you can get your edition of So What? 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lovely, there's a helpful, uh, there's a helpful table. So if you like, uh, if you want to know what the conversion rates in 1994 for your various national currency was, uh, then then there it is. Interesting to see all the European, the individual European yes. currencies, because obviously now most countries in Europe are the, the euro. Yeah, yeah. So you see, yeah, you see the mark, you see the franc. You see all, all mm-hmm. these fallen soldiers, and he, t- Tony says, uh, you know, I hate talking about money. It makes me feel so tacky, he puts in capitals. All we want to do is give the best service at the best price. Seems simple enough. And I obviously I love Metallica to pieces, but reading this magazine, the openness that comes not only from the staff on the magazine, but the band, the way they present themselves, it's like, how could you ever think that Lars or the band were ever coming after the fans with the whole Napster thing? They gave so much. They give so much. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at one point, um, certainly around, uh, since you remember a discussion around 2000, 2001, they sort of made it clear, or somebody who worked for Metallica anyway, made it clear that actually the club ran at a loss for many, many years, something around the region of $250,000 a year right. in debt, you know, to put all these t-shirts, these magazines, the the website, all these sorts of things together. So, yeah, it's always rankled me that this idea that Metallica, and particularly around the Napster thing, you know, it's all about money, and it actually isn't. It's just about... Well, Napster was about control, but yeah, definitely for the fans. And then we get into a recurring segment, a great segment. This is uh, Enter Mailman, which, um, what do you think of the drawing here uh, of the hands? and the, the, It's like the sort of sands of time becoming letters. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's good. I mean, th- th- there's lots of things throughout this, and you look at it now in, in 2018, and you kind of think this is uh, what 24 years ago yeah there's lots of stuff you go mm, that's very much uh, of its time um and it's very not in not infantile in a negative way but infantile in as much as that this is the real this is actually you can see the genesis of this um this uh, magazine and, and where the club was going and as things progress as we'll see you know things get a little bit more professional a little bit more sharper and i think that you know these are these are really fun things to look at, I think, to go back and go, oh, that's where things were in uh, 94. Absolutely fascinating it is. They publish about 40 letters here, and you get an mm. insight into so many different fans from so many different parts of the world and how they feel about the band at this time as well, you know, when they really are in the ascendancy uh, post-Black Album. It's quite quite incredible. And we're not going to go through every letter, John, but um, there's, no. you know, can't stress enough how um, fascinating of an insight this is into their fan base and, and who they were. Yeah, I mean, what what what's what comes through for me on on the um, on the letters page and on all three of the letters page so far is that you forget how um, how connected to information and news we are in 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 this mm. day and age. You know, back in nineteen ninety four, you know, there's lots of letters about things like there's a rumor that you're going to break up yeah. and you know and yeah. um can you tell me about this and can you tell me you know what song this mm-hmm. song is what album this is on you know and and in these days of you know google we would you know you just type it in and there you go yeah. whereas back in 94 you know you had to write a letter it was sent you'd wait some months and then maybe it would appear and things you know so it's very um quaint it is it is and um it's funny you say that actually because i was reading i think it's one of the later whiplashes where someone asks you know what is the name of the song that you always come on to at all the shows and like oh it's the ecstasy of gold and it kind of made me smile like you say because that would be yeah. something you could find out in a blink of an eye but here you know it's very reductive and it, it's charming in that way and maybe this is why um you know stuff like this doesn't exist anymore because it just yeah. the apparatus has, has has been taken elsewhere but yeah it's a it's a great letter section um one of them if i remember correctly is from like an 
18-year-old who, as you say, has heard a rumour that they're going to break up. So he gives them eight, mm. you know, lengthy reasons why they need to speak. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. number three, for example, don't give your competitors the satisfaction of seeing you fall apart. Let them know you're going to continue being the greatest. Kill them all. Kill them all. I know, yeah. I, I, I marked that one as well. It's <laughs> brilliant. I love that letter. Yeah, um, it's from uh, it's from yeah from Norway apparently. But yeah, they, they, again, just a, a spoil of riches here. And we get um, an article written by Lars, um, not really about Kirk, even though it says no issue dedicated to Kirk would be completely about an article by Lars. It's <laughs> more about again, love this as well. The music Lars is digging, and um, he's like a, a Lester Bangs. I, I love his music <laughs> criticism. You know what I mean? It, it comes across very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is uh, something that gets developed in the in the later issues, the uh, word from our sponsor section. And there's lots of sort of interesting things, particularly around Jason, um, you know, his uh, his choice of music. And it was it, it's it's those moments in those in the magazines that 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 really add to this idea that it, it's trying to give you a different view of the band. You know, Lars's pages, there's some fan- later series, there's some amazing photographs. Um, I think of a particular one where there's one of him and Kirk, and uh, I think it's called The Day It All Went Wrong. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's again, for the fans. It's not your puff piece. It's, it's not the corporate line that they're trying to tow or the product they're trying to sell. It's, it's whatever's going on in their brain. And like he's very eloquent as well, and often you will see, I remember seeing this in the sort of best of book that I mentioned, a lot of profiles on the band by other people. So you'll see like, mm-hmm. you know, Jason by Kirk or, or Lars by James or, you know, and just yep. often you'll get them paired together as well. It's just, it's selling in the best possible way that cult of personality that we love this band for, you know, how fleshed out these people are, how the person smacking the drums behind either beholder is, you know, an incredibly intelligent, interesting dude. And I, I love the access that we get to the people there. We also just have more stock club news, which comes up every month, which is mm-hmm. useful. Again, this would be, you know, elixir in those sort of barren internet ages. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get some things. Lars is apparently doing a tour of Europe uh, on his own uh, in deepest Denmark on a European vacation. Uh, Kirk's getting pierced. Uh, mm-hmm. J- Jason rejoins Flotsam uh, for a show or two, which you actually know about. That's quite cool. But um, mm. he, he it was in Arizona, apparently. But, uh, you know, all of it's very um, educating, right? Yeah, and I mean, interesting, you know, you look at these things and you kind of, you go, oh, there's tour dates in there. So up until that point, you know, perhaps people wouldn't have known that those tour dates now, you know, you'll get an email and it'll say we're hitting the road and yeah. it's all over the website. I thought it was interesting that there was that little segment about Jason again and uh, about how he's um, he's playing, uh, playing uh, music with a few close personal friends and... Uh, uh, a trio called Fatso, and I thought it was interesting there, this is 94, and they're talking about Jason's side projects, which we all know how that went down just sort of six or seven years later. Yeah, yeah, the the, the insight is unparalleled, and as I mm. say, this is sort of just really rich information that you wouldn't be privy to, um, even just searching online, you know, or through books, it's just locked here in their own Bible. And I like the fact that they show the tour dates, uh, the two opening acts are Alice in Chains and Suicidal Tendencies. Rob was in the band at that time as well. Yes, yes, there's a, uh, I think it's in the Jason issue, there's a, there's a, there's a piece about how how um, Rob gets invited to a party at a hotel room. So yeah, the connection uh, you know does go uh, does go way back. Yeah, and there's news about one being re-released as a single, and you just get mm-hmm. so much information about all the different types of formats that it's going to be on, and when it's going to come out, and you know that sort of cataloging that the band do so well that 
you know it engenders people like us to obsess about it is is really satisfying and then we get um a brilliant article this is probably one of the best things that i've read uh, out of all the so what so far by um by nick bocott who i should say is just sort of like an incredible he's one of those guitar players who like worked for marshall and like played at shows and stuff and you mm-hmm. know uh, wrote for how leonard and guitar school and stuff like this and it's an article about kirk's guitar playing and it's written with great technical language in reference to composition and uh, melody I-, I love it yeah yeah there's it's it's, it's really sort of um it's accessible uh, enough for those, you know, for the layman. Um, but then at the same point in time, you know, it does go into things, you know, it's going to scales and his yep. choice of notes and those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the tab as well there, um, which is quite useful. There's a picture of Kirk with like a sort of Incan head relief. I don't know how I would describe that, like a sort of mask that's pulling, a skull is pulling apart to reveal a man's head within the mask. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty metal pretty metal curve yeah and it's a huge picture as well that you can imagine cut out and put on people's dorms you know mm-hmm. around around syracuse or whatever so we get to um whiplash which again the magazine is full of these good ideas straight off there's lots of stuff they did in issue one that they're still doing 20 years later so you know of course these things sort of naturally work um the um it's a q a essentially isn't it it's like an ama if yeah. you're talking reddit and just <laughs> funny to see some of the questions they get and the answers they give yeah yeah i mean um you know, which pedal does Kirk Hammett use in the Enter Sandman guitar solo? You know, it, 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 there's all these little ones that you kind of, when you look at it now, you kind of go, this seems like such received wisdom, you know, these different things. But at the time, you know, people didn't know these things, you know, and there's sort of random questions about, you know, what's the nationality, what nationality is Metallica's soccer team, FC Metallica? Yeah. I mean, what yeah. <laughs> you know so. yeah um and you know they give a lot of interesting answers on what album is prince of darkness and they correct him it's called the prince and tell you you know how you can get this record and where they're released on and stuff like that it's less jarring as the later answer i think as this goes on as a series whiplash um the answers become more sarcastic and, and more metallica yeah i think that there's a in this in this issue issue two um it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of direct quotes from the band there's a few dotted here and there yeah. but um generally seems to be the more general ones are handled by presumably the met club staff but as you, as you say as they get on later it, it is really a direct line uh to the band yeah and uh, another thing they do is the this is an odd one. I love that they do this. I don't want to have predicted this to be in the Metallica magazine. Uh, the shortest straw competition, which mm. essentially is kind of like a whose line is it anyway reverse kind of game where you're given yeah. a picture. So that in this case, uh, last week's uh, last entries competition was a picture of the guys sort of, you know, all in weird sort of hunched poses on stage. It's kind of it's kind of an mm-hmm. odd shot of them. And everyone's just submitted their witty captions, their headlines yeah. to go underneath. And again, just testament to the band's humor, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. This is the first this is the first little sort of appearance of um familiar names uh for, certainly for me there's a bunch of names throughout here that you kind of go oh i know that name and that guy ended up doing whatever it is so there's a right. there's two 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 that i want to point out here so um under the um the third prizes there's brian Liu from california mm. who um is the co-author of murder in the front row right so yeah, he's a photography um, book um, is it no, that's uh, that's the that's uh, that's uh, Bill Hale. Is it Bill Hale? I've got the book down here. It's, right. No, Brian Liu is the um, is the Asian guy who basically met Metallica in like 1982 and sort of you know 
he, he hung out at the at the famous Metallica mansion in uh, wherever that is. You know, he's he's dotted around quite a bit. So he's so he's you know there's there's a link there because he's an old old school fan. Um, so and there's also uh, Robert Reisinger in the honourable mentions, and uh, he went on to do quite a bit of work on. Um, uh, I think it was to do with like the Met Club stalls and things like that. So, uh, and actually, his answer is the correct answer for what that picture is. So uh, they're uh, they're mimicking Lars in this picture. If yes. you're reading along at home on page 22, they're they're mimicking Lars at the end of a show. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of lots of interesting. Again, it's about the fans. It's about here's something you know. We'll you. It's just capturing a picture basically, yep. and we'll give you a bunch of prizes. You know, I mean, it, it's again, it's all about that interaction. It's about engaging with the fans. Really good prizes as well. So, oh, yeah. the, the grand prize you get this is just for coming up with a funny caption that you could write in 30 seconds and, and maybe win two VIP backstage passes and tickets to any of the six shows listed below, and uh, one European, which is a limited edition 35,000 Metallican, uh, you know, all various gear as well in there. So, you know, e- even third prize gets a road crew t shirt. Mm-hmm. And I must say, that, that Metallican is very nice. Yeah, the, I'd like to do a series on the Metallicans. I'm not too familiar. Yeah. So, did you get them through the fan club? Well, the, the, well, the, yes. The, the one they're talking about here, the Metallican, was something that was you bought. It was available for retail, mm. um, and, and I. I actually have one, and it's it's uh, basically like a, a glorified paint can. It's got a T-shirt, video, it's got a CD and things in there. Then what they did later on, around about 97, I think was the first one, was this thing called Fan Cans, mm. which they released then through the club, and you had to... Um, I think you had to. I think it was either first come first serve. It was like a lottery thing. You just signed up to get one. So yeah, they're really. Those are great. Those would be really interesting to do. Uh, yeah, you should definitely do a series on those because there's a phenomenal um, video in the first fan can, which is. Uh, I think it's like a week and a half in the life of Metallica, or it's behind the scenes of the Load album. So you get sessions, uh, shot footage of them in the studio recording Load. They have fans there. They go bowling and bike riding. It's it's really really fascinating stuff. Yeah, uh, we get you know more pictures. We get sort of a, a profile of Kirk. We get his personal details on the side as well. Mm-hmm. We learn about his his height and his weight and his eyes and you know yeah. his car and his hobbies and it's yeah it, it's very much of that sort of pin up era that I suppose Metallica yeah. shunned but inevitably just is part of uh, through through yeah. metal culture and. What strikes me so much about So What? I, I was just always surprised going through. I was like, oh, they have the, um, you know, the Shortest Straw competition. That's funny. And Whiplash and, you know, uh, articles on Kirk and just all these sort of arch- all these archetypes they have here. And another one that I love is the um, So Let It Be Written sequence, which mm. is basically focusing on, on bootlegs and really in-depth reviews of bootlegs and, and you know, how good the quality is. Because, again, you couldn't hop on YouTube. You had to rely on this or maybe having some Japanese import. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's uh, again, you know, they've got this. They've dedicated essentially two pages um, to the idea of bootlegs, which is something that most bands would stri- uh, yeah. you know, s- stay away from because you know it's it's they're illegal recordings. It's our property and money and blah blah blah. But again, Metallica have always been about the fans. Their career started on bootlegging. You mm-hmm. know, the tape trading. Um, so they're embracing that, and you know, right off the back of the Black Album tour as well, with their taper section where people could you could pay for a special ticket it and take your you know your uh, 16 foot camcorder in and those sorts of things you know so yeah it's it's really it's really in-depth and you can really feel the, the 
the passion of the fans in there that they will go out and they will buy these crappy copies of things and they'll pay money for CDs and you know the cover one of the CDs was thirty five dollars. You know, I mean, I I've never paid for a bootleg in my life because by the very definition of a bootleg, it should be free. You know, so it it it's kind of yeah, it's kind of crackers really. Yeah, one of them spent a hundred dollars on something. I know, I know, and you have people in the classifieds asking for certain ones as well, you know, mm. hunting these down, um, and mm. it goes into some detail, I think, in a later issue about how rare they are, and there's certain, there's certain one that's like a, a vinyl, and it's like in a triangle box with a picture of a young Kirk on the front, and I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Um, yeah. And I, I love reading these bootleg reviews as well, because it's quite useful, sometimes you're a bit swamped with all these Metallica channels, like, what do I actually want to watch, you know, what would be sort of worth my time, in a sense, so there's one here that sounds interesting, uh, RFK, uh, which I guess would have been from July 1992, this tape it's a bootleg vhs i should say it says this tape is an excellent find shot by the band's own cameras this tape is near perfect quality it runs 105 minutes is mostly footage shot on the day of the concert in washington dc from the guns and roses metallica yeah. tour it shows the band at yeah. soundcheck doing interviews for mtv backstage and kicking some ass live none of these events are the highlight of the tape however near the end it shows james lars jason and kirk in a rehearsal room going through the set list and playing bits and pieces of songs it shows an almost entire version of sanitarium it was very exciting to watch these guys simply play to each other in the room by themselves instead of a performance in front of thousands yeah um yeah it, it, it it's that kind of you know i mean that they, it's just a simple you know it's just a paragraph but that yeah i can imagine reading that in 94 and you thinking oh my god you know this is you know this is something i need to get you know and this is something i need to watch um i think it's actually it is available on, on youtube as far as i'm aware oh, I think i'm what so this is watching it straight to, after yeah yeah, I think it's I think it's called uh, Year and a Half in the Life of Outtakes. I think that's oh, the name okay. of name of it. So it's it's basically stuff from the um, Guns N' Roses tour. So there's lots of backstage footage, and you know there's sort of bits and bobs and things. But it's it's a yeah, it's a fascinating watch. Yeah. Yeah, I re- in the future I want a sort of a Netflix version of The Crown, but it's about the Guns N' Roses Metallica tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Isn't that the most fascinating thing to ever happen in the history of the world? They went on tour together and did stadiums like in the nineties. Who would uh, who would play the queen? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Claire Foy returns <laughs> <laughs> as Duff McKagan. A, a stunning performance as Axl Rose. Yeah. <laughs> she disappears into the character. Like someone will win an Oscar doing an Axl Rose performance in like twenty years. I think it'll be like a James Brown type thing. Like, yeah. this guy was real, and then he joined ACDC, and it's like, yeah. That won't happen. But back to Metallica, um, the bootleg section is one that I just want to heap praise on for. I love this sort of stuff anyway online. So just to yeah. hear someone's interpretation of, of what makes you think. And yeah, definitely check out that sanitarium version. That sounds uh, really interesting. Yeah. So we also move on. There's so much content. Listen, we're, we're on page 29 of 50 here. We're barely mm. halfway through. Like We could have spent way longer on everything. We're sort of trying to skim read it for you, maybe stuff yeah. that is interested. So we uh, now learn about uh, Robert Simpson, who in early February won an MTV contest and was flown to San Francisco to hang out with the guys and we get a little paragraph or two from him and looks like he had a great time yeah i mean i uh you know again the the uh, i hate to sort of harp on about it but you know the for the fans you know they they i mean okay it's mtv contest winner but again they 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 fly um they fly um robert and his friend into san francisco they hang out there's clear there's photos of them having a jam with metallica having a jam with metallica yeah, yeah. I mean, hello, um, I you know, um, photos of them are having food, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating and amazing stuff to look at. And you think again, you know, for the fans, by the fans, for the fans. Yeah, yeah. 
love it. I love seeing these images here. There's a great one of uh, the fan with Jason sort of standing outside, some sort of imperium. Yeah. And they, I love the fan's garish dragon shirt as well. <laughs> um, shout out yeah. BJ Robert Simpson there. Uh, we get the word from our sponsors that you mentioned, which is just kind of Metallica's own soapbox here because it's Kirk's issue. Kirk shares, you know, pre TripAdvisor reviews of loads of cities that he's been to. Um, mm. He shouts out London. I love London for the fact that I've been there a million times and still not seen Stonehenge. I actually saw Stonehenge the other day, well, about two weeks ago or so. So, uh, yeah, shout out that interesting place. And uh, what I mean by this is there are a million things to see and do. England in general is one of the oldest countries in the world. Um, the beer also kicks ass, he says. So, um, well, I appreciate, appreciate that, Kirk. He, he probably didn't. He probably didn't drink Fosters. No, <laughs> uh, and we get. I mean, he goes through ten cities here. He talks like New Orleans, Tokyo, Barcelona, Amsterdam, San Francisco. Uh, you know, really, really cool bit of travel writing there. We get some information yeah. as well towards the back pages about local chapter info and what they do. And talk of the the German Power Wolves. Yes, uh, the German Power Wolves. <laughs> Again, that's Robert Reisinger. So uh, oh, you know, right. he. Uh, oh yeah, yeah it he, is. He, yeah, yeah. Later went on. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, the chapter info. So chapters again. This idea of, of bringing fans together through Metallica. You know, which something which is uh, which still continues to this day. You know, there is there's there's lots of chapters. Um, interesting note here. So Creeping Duluth uh, is on there, uh, and that was run by one Mr. Stephen Wig, who later went on to be Lars's assistant. Oh wow. Yeah, so there's um, anytime you watch um, footage from maybe around the St. Anger era, right through the sort of the 2000s, if there's ever a blonde guy with sort of bob bobbed hair, or later on he had short hair, uh, that's Stephen Wig. And he's also in the, I won't go into this now, if you ever do the fan cam one, I'll submit something for you, but he was, uh, he's in that video, that's how he first met Lars, he, uh, as far as I'm aware. He won a contest, a bunch of fans, and... He got to hang out with Lars, and they connected, and then later on, he ended up working as Lars' assistant. Amazing, amazing. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, makes sense, though, you know, to have the diehard up front. Metallica have always incorporated that sort of idea. Yeah, Creeping Duluth, we should say, their objectives, tape trading, Metalla gatherings, listening mm-hmm. videos, etc., and jamming, musicians jamming to Metallica, which is, yeah, that's a fine mission statement. So shout out to Steven there. Didn't know that. It's very interesting. Yeah. And then we have, um, again, stuff that in the internet era you sort of shrug out, but here is invaluable. Uh, a full discography showing all the albums, all the singles, you know, all the variations, mm-hmm. the cassettes, the promos. Um, and this is pages and pages long, actually, you know, so they've really gone to effort to catalog the videos as well. And just official releases of particular interest. So stuff that may yeah. not be essentially officially condoned by the band, um, you know, box sets. You get a live we- live at Wembley box set apparently was in the UK. That's cool. Live at Wembley. Oh, there's Live so much here. There's so much here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Live at Wembley. The UK box on Vertigo. Um, apparently it contains some photos of the band as well. But, you know, there's lots and mm. lots of different things here. Oh, man, the Virgin Megastores advertised as well, which brings back uh, some British memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Live at Wembley CD. Yeah, is that the Freddie Mercury one? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, that's a, that's a nice little release. It's uh, hand. The, the labels are all handwritten, so it, James design them you know and there's all sort of ink smudges and things like that you know yeah it's a good that's a nice little single that one we get into eye of the beholder uh, another mm. great section which reminds me of a section that i used to love as a kid as a kid i used to get the simpsons comic and one of the things they mm-hmm. would do every issue was people would send in um sort of pastiches of famous uh, movie posters but simpsonized and they're always quite mm. clever and quite scrawny crayony but you know nice in a way and this again where they just showcase amateur art that fans have submitted of the band some of it's brilliant. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's obviously because this is a new, this is a new venture for them. So there's, you know, there's the sort of same people uh, appearing um, uh, throughout the uh, throughout the couple of pages, particularly Grace. I'm going to go with Huda Check. Right. Uh, um, so I'm sh- I know she's listening, so I know she'll uh, comment on that. But yeah, yeah her cliff, uh, her cliff portrait is 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 really really good. Yeah, it is really good. You're right. Yeah, uh, and know. his sort of misfits tattoo, sort of hanging with the white, his shoulder not mm. quite finished. Yeah, it, it's mm. excellent. I think the one ab- the one of Lars above uh, by Grace as well. I think she especially captures when his head's bound down and he's mid beat. Yeah. You know, like when he's in the movie, like it looks just like him. And there's poetry here as well that people mm-hmm. submit. Um, Ryan Sipes' Leper Messiah picture. <laughs> has a certain uh, rustic charm to it as well <laughs> and uh, you know I want to say I like, I like all the all the people underneath him yeah it's quite cool and um, someone submits a, a story as well a short story uh, Kimberly yeah. Stribal I haven't actually read Dance of the Dead but no uh, <laughs> I, 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 I skim read it I mean this yeah. is the thing uh, not to sort of you know I'm not knocking the actual the people who wrote oh, yeah. or, or drew these things but it, it's again it's that theme of it's very much in its infancy so they will give over they did give over you know two pages for this sort of short yeah. story that um, has some Metallica links in there you know there were a few bits and pieces that the sort of link back to lyrics and things like that but it's again I mean you know She's now a published author, admittedly in a fan magazine, but you know somebody. Yeah. It is a she, isn't she? Yeah. yeah so uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting, you know, to sort of see it. it very much has that sort of whole that homemade, very much sort of it feels quite um, colloquial. It feels quite, you know, sort of. Uh, interior you know like this is for us you know we can put this kind of stuff in there it doesn't have to be professional or you know that sort of thing yeah definitely i have interest like in the later issues saying like early 2000s were they still publishing poetry and stuff like that um yeah a little bit yeah. but they were certainly not giving over two pages for someone's short story as far as no, i remember no, it, was, no. it was very much all about you know band focus yeah. yeah and some of the design well i think most of the sort of graphic design direction that the later issues went in was fantastic you know all of them were yeah. sort of composed in interesting colors and wasn't just uh, not not as necessarily as dry as this is it's not dry but it's a little bit more base uh in its yeah. affectations but yeah we get just really at the back now so we get the classifieds we get a form that you can cut out and fill in that's you know really nicely constructed so you can put exactly what you want and where to send it and you know very helpful you don't have to do that yourself mm-hmm. Added additions to the merchandise catalog, you know, endless cool shirts and pins, etc. Again, uh, a little order form for that. We get a handwritten message from James at the end in his. You can't get enough of that capital handwriting. That James writing is iconic. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Somebody's actually uh, at some point took took uh, presumably all of this and made it into a font yeah. uh, that you can put on your PC. So that's amazing because now you're like, I can write my own letter from James Hetfield. <laughs> There's just something about the way he writes. He's always scratching out a word. There's always yeah. brackets <laughs> and some sort of... But, but it's just written in such a artistic tongue, you know. It just feels yeah. straight out of him. And it's always uh, ended with the skull at the at the bottom as well and then we get yeah, yeah a little little article uh, sorry a little advert for Lars here of his favourite stick and a signed picture which ends issue one yeah there we go so we get into issue three which is the Lars issue and I mean there's just, <laughs> I'm getting so excited talking about these John I think I might buy some on eBay to be honest with you I don't think they're that expensive to pick up no, I think there's um, you can sort of find uh, find uh, lots of sort of good deals where you can buy bundles yeah. of them as well, you know. So uh, yeah, it's well worth uh, <clears throat> it's well worth having a look for, I think. Yeah. And we begin 
in what I really like the way that the sort of basically the opening thing I imagine as you turn the cover is a sort of little thing on Metallica's first ever gig from 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, we see various black and white photos where they supported Saxon, uh, the young metal attack as they were known, and they provide uh, a review, their first review ever, which is by Terry Atkinson. It's from the LA Times, March 29th, 1982. Quote, Saxon could also use a fat, hot guitar played. Sorry, <laughs> excuse me. Saxon could also use a fat, hot guitar played of the Eddie Van Halen ilk. Opening quartet Metallica had one, but little else. The local group needs considerable development to overcome a persuasive awkwardness. Mm, yes. So, uh, less than sterling uh, review for their first yeah. uh, one of the first uh, for the first review they ever got. But uh, I think they uh, I think they overcame that awkwardness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Certainly. And uh, great to see the set list here as well in James's sort of scrawl. And we you know we see that uh, Am I Evil was played and the Prince was the encore as well. So these songs mm-hmm. have been in bed. I didn't actually know that. I didn't realize. I don't think I've seen that set before. So I didn't realize that Am I Evil was just there from 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 day dot. So yeah, we begin. Yet another issue, um, which is very much in the same sort of uh, aesthetic region as the one before. And um, we get the letter from Tony Smith now at the top as well, which is just kind of an update on the boys, because at this point they're uh, on the tour, aren't they? Yes. uh, So this would be um, summer sort of uh, 94. So that's when they were going out and doing what they dubbed the Shit Hits the Sheds tour, where they basically just went out and did a bunch of... um, outdoor enormous domes if you like just for the just for the sake of it yeah um and this is um yeah we have more enter mailman as well uh, which is always really fun lots of uh, lots of pictures from just lots of devoted fans we kind of went through this in the last issue as well um but any letters that stuck mm-hmm. out to you here yeah i, I just got a, um not particularly but the thing that stuck out for me was on page five is that photo of jason and lars i've always loved that photo jason yeah. they're, they're sat right close together jason's got his arm around lars you know they're sort of they're they're being they've been very close i've always loved that sort of um that photo of uh of my at the time and still probably to this day i suppose my two favorite members yeah yeah you're right actually that's a really nice photo lars is sort of in his early 90s rock star mode with the long luscious yeah. hair jason looks a bit like <laughs> travis bickle yes he uh Yes, it's very much, you know, when he shaved his hair off in uh, early 93 and then he decided to let a patch grow down the middle and he's got like a little Superman kiss curl. It's uh, it's an it's an unusual look. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. There's, um, there's a fun letter as well uh, from uh, Re- from Redwood Valley uh, where basically he's talking about how Kirk is his hero. You are the greatest. I bought Binge and Purge just to watch your solo. Believe me when I say it was the best $80 I've spent. Don't get me wrong, without James, Lars and Jason, there wouldn't be Metallica. But without Kirk, I wouldn't have had a hero. If I had two wishes to make, there would be one, my new baby girl Sierra has a happy life, and two, to one day shake your hand. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah, really, really earnest. And um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my friend from Redwood, if I ever bash Kirk, because if you're listening, I'm sure <laughs> I would have uh, sent you insane. So, um we get insights into fans throughout all of uh, all of these issues of So What. I really liked Heather Wiley's Roaming America, which is basically a day in the life of a dedicated Metallica fan. And it just goes through, you know, being someone who follows the band live and how that plays out. Yeah, it's really it's really well. It's really well written. I like the uh, the breaking. She uses the you know, she uses time. So 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., yeah, so on and yeah. so forth across a number of days. It really sort of shows the. Uh, uh, again to be repetitive you know the the dedication that the fans have and the fact that they included this for the fans you know yeah 
and pictures galore as well. Um, some insight behind, you know, Lars with his, with his hand around her. And yeah, I like the way, as you say, they do the time, which is like, you know, loading off, loading on sort of thing. And it makes it very a quick, easy read. And, you know, these sort of people, they're heroes to me that they just see multiple Metallica shows in a row. Like, you know, what fandom? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it always boggles my brain that sort of you know that people can get the time and the money, yeah, the money uh, yeah. to, to, to sort of do these things and in fact something you know just this year where they announced the um the black ticket you know the wherever i may roam ticket that you can buy and you can it'll let you into any single show on the tour that you want to go to you know so they're really 24 years on still embracing that idea that there are people who will follow us and see multiple gigs so how can we make that yeah. better and how can we support and facilitate that um, we we get the news section as well, uh, which is ever informative. We learn that Kirk's getting dreads, or Kirk has got dreadlocks. Reggae Kirk? Question mark is the headline. And one of the ones that I just find you know wonderful to see, especially considering the huge upheavals <laughs> digitally in the world. Uh, Metallica yeah. goes online. Metallica yeah. fans can get news and information on, by, on Metallica by email. If you're not a Metallica club member but wish to become one, you can also apply through this service. For America Online, the code is METCLUB. The Metallica folder is under Music Forums, Music, Message Center, Permanent Eyes, Collection, Metallica. I mean, <laughs> what an old yeah. way of finding information. I know. It's so it's so adorable, yeah, isn't it? It's you know, adorable. AOL and <laughs> yeah, yeah, AOL, all of that yeah. stuff. Um, we learned about them storming Toronto and, you know, cool reviews from local newspapers at the time that are transmitted here. And we mm. get, a, you know, a massive history section here. The Metalla years. This is part one, Bang 'em Hard by Bernard Doe. I mean, this is a in-depth examination of their rise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. This is, you know... Uh... Uh, again, it's a UK journalist who, you know, has been there since presumably when they say day one, they mean from the sort of, you know, the the bootlegging days. Yeah. I think that Lars mentions that about sending him a tape and things like that. This is a fascinating, fascinating read. And there's a there's a couple of bits in there that um, that I didn't uh, that, that I didn't know. And we're not saying that I know everything, yeah. but there was uh, certainly one bit that I, I wanted to point out was um this uh, the thing that they did back in the early days when they were looking for another singer. James was never comfortable um, singing, uh, and they were at one point looking for uh, a singer. Um, now, my understanding of that was that it was very early on, but actually, according to this article, um, when he spoke to Lars in, eight, in 1984... Lars says, quote, since that day in April 82, we've probably auditioned over 50 vocalists. We've also listened to hundreds of demos from others, too, but we still haven't really found anyone to fit in with what we're doing. The only person we thought may fit was John Bush of Armand Saint, which we know that. So what was interesting to me is that in 84, they were still looking for vocalists. Like, that was new news to me. I didn't, I'd never heard that before. I thought they tried something and they just decided, oh, James will do it. But still, two years, you know, after the band started, as they were going into Ride the Lightning, yeah. they were still looking for vocalists. That was sort of mind-blowing yeah, to me. it really was. And it's like, it's too late. The voice of your band has been defined. Uh, and obviously it came on to be a brilliant yeah. voice. And, and Kill Em All is a great vocal performance, you know, in, in, in what it is. But yeah, mm. I, I couldn't imagine that, where a band have an incredible debut... Uh, with, mm. with a unique voice and then they get someone else to sing the rest it just seems counterintuitive yeah oh well obviously we got uh, we got a little taste of what that would have been like at the 30th anniversary shows when john bush got up and did uh four horsemen yeah so you know it was interesting i did like the way he did it and it 
sort of made me think, oh, that would have been, he would have had the voice, you know, he would have been suited for that band, but, you know, we couldn't imagine anything, we couldn't imagine Metallica, I don't think, now without James, you know. When he's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the beating heart of the band, uh, no yeah. question about it. So we get a quick little thing as well, before on the Kirk issue, we had an examination of his guitar techniques, here there's a bit of the story behind the set with Lars's drums, I mean, I mm-hmm. my drum knowledge is completely ignorant, so it sort of goes over my head, but it's cool mm-hmm. that they give you, you know, the equipment list, in depth, what he plays, all his various hardware and, and drum heads, etc. And then we get to one of my favourite sections here. It's the Whiplash mm-hmm. section, uh, mm-hmm. which has uh, lots of good stuff here. This is actually the one that I've quoted from in an early Alpha Metallica episode where James talks about uh, Don't Tread on Me and sort of where yeah. the parts come from and stuff like that. So again, they're taking lots of uh, interesting things. Uh, James is talking about his favourite Mexican beer as well. Um, mm-hmm. His me- favourite Mexican beer was called Tequila. No wonder I got so fucked up. Uh, yeah still in denial yeah <laughs> any uh anything stand out from this whiplash section uh yeah two for me so um there's a question from uh bimmel in uh minnesota who asks is it uh, possible that metallica will uh, be touring with megadeth in the future so that dave can jam with metallica on the killer tracks jason says no not likely in the near future and then lars says don't hold your breath so, right. you know, 20 or so years later, or 15 or so years later, obviously, Mustaine got up at the anniversary shows and did a bunch of Kill 'em All tracks. Yep. And the other one, which, um, again, we're talking about the idea of, you know, pre-internet. Um, the other week, I heard from a friend um, that Metallica's plane crashed. I don't know if it's true, but what happened, is anyone hurt, is the plane <laughs> totaled? That's from TJR in Wisconsin. And James replies, do you believe everything your friend tells you? Brackets, no, Dad. We're alive and relaxing. Brackets, yeah, right at home. So if our plane crashed, we forgot to be on it. Brackets, we also forgot to buy a plane. We don't own one. You know, and you, again, you're like, who would, who would yeah. write in? Who would write in to a magazine? Yeah, yeah. And buy a stamp. Sort of, yeah. yeah, three months for a response. <laughs> You know, it's it's it's. I mean, it's not it's not like that guy's fault. You know, but yeah. it's just again that idea of um, you know, not having the information. And the last one I just wanted to point out, which linked into something we've talked about before, um, is from Sean W. It says, "I'm curious if you guys have ever thought of doing some type of Metallica convention like Kiss does every so often." And James's response is, "As soon as someone makes Metallica dolls." And then fast forward uh, yeah. about eight years, somebody made those dolls Metallica themselves, and then that's where the uh, Metallabash um, came about, which the fans put together, and that's where we talked about me meeting Lars and things yeah. like that. So, you know, nice little uh, link in there for me anyway. Yeah, and again, there's like 40, 50 questions, and they all have mm. interesting answers. So, you know, if you want some more insight into the band, pour over this stuff. I guess final one here, there's one from James G., who's from Carrollton, Kentucky. He said, I was wondering if Metallica is or was planning to record another album because some of my friends said that they were. If this is true, what is the name of the album going to be? And Kirk says, the album's going to be called Let's Bomb Carrollton. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like, you can't say that in this era, but... Yeah, it's a bit harsh. A bit harsh. Uh, we get Shorty Straw, which we had before, which is sort of like a catchphrase here in the UK. I don't know if you uh, other listeners might be aware of that, but essentially an image needs to have a witty caption by it. So this one was a bit different. People weren't putting in their suggestions for a Metallica image. They were sending in an image and adding something Metallica to it. Um, the one that wins the grand prize isn't the wittiest thing I've ever heard. So it's just an orangutan no. holding his arm up and the prize is, this has got two VIP passes. Let's go, Lars. The show's over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> My favourite one was the actually the 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 first prize winner, which was a picture of a, it's a picture of an old dude. Yeah, and he's got a plate, yeah, and, yeah, he yeah. Says, and it says Jason in forty years still packing food at parties to take home because he's too cheap to buy it. 
I, know, that, that's that my favourite. That, I agree. That's my favourite one. Agree. You know, because that's that. That's a callback to Year and a Half when he's mm-hmm. making sandwiches. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah. But we get loads of pictures here probably about 20 pictures of what people have sent in and i think these are all picked by lars as well and then we get some information on the upcoming shorty straw in issue three prizes mm-hmm. here slightly different still brilliant grand prize an autographed ibanez guitar which kirk has used on stage yeah That's i nice. mean you know no you'd rather have a vip there. pass but like you know yeah yeah if you're a guitar if you're not a guitar player then that's probably well ebay wasn't around but that's probably going in the cupboard until ebay is invented <laughs> yeah. and then it's going on ebay <laughs> uh and we get into so let it be written again which is the the, the bootlegs here that they go in and they talk about books as well a book that i yeah. actually own i went on a bit of a sort of metallica buying books through when i kicked off the podcast and i have read this uh, metallica unbound by kj yeah. dalton and it's you know i i really like it i don't know if you've read it yourself um you know mm-hmm. it's it's the the rise of the band that we've seen told so well and so interestingly but i think most interestingly it ends of a long interview with james from like 92 that was like exclusive for that book in his lodge and he's very open about a lot of things there yeah yeah it's a great book i remember um back in the day in school that was one of the sort of the first metallica books that i i discovered um from the library and uh i decided that i <laughs> i was decided that you know i'm gonna write a metallica book about the history and i basically yeah. used unbound and just rewrote the wording <laughs> That's the so, problem, uh, isn't it? When you're researching stuff, it's hard not to just regurgitate because you're doing no individual research, I suppose. Yes, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, <laughs> no, no, you just, how many quotes can I use in this book before it becomes uh, plagiarism? Interestingly, though, the author was Kimberly Strebel, who was from the, uh, who was in the previous issue with that short story. Oh, right. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. That's it. You're, you're, you're spying all the connections here, John. There's, there's oh, so, I'm, so I'm you know. I'm a librarian, so searching and looking at information is my uh, forte. Right, right. Um, And, you know, there's so many people in the Metallica machine other than the boys, and some people might not necessarily think of, would be uh, Elisa Sherman, who is basically the press officer at the time for Metallica. And here we go. We get this huge article, it's probably about a thousand thousand words long, about coordinating press and a sort of day-by-day diary of working with the band on that sort of PR level. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Again, so you know, pulling back the curtain, showing them, showing how the machine works. There's lots of uh, little interesting, you know, tidbits in here. You know, Pepper Keenan turns yeah. up and uh, says hello. Um, there's lots of in 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 2018. It's interesting reading this as well because she touches on it a number of times about you know the um, the difficulties of being a woman in this genre of yeah. music. You know, and 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 being treated as sort of. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a lesser, or you know, or, you know, can you go make me a cup of tea or whatever that type of thing? Mm. So yeah, but just fascinating stuff, really fascinating. fascinating, and some cool photos as well that have sort of just had a basic Instagram filter on them to sort mm. of wash out the colours. But I think the one especially of James headbanging, awesome, love that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of that. No, that no, filter. no. But um, I think in I think in Photoshop I think that's called neon glow. Uh, so uh, yeah, but you know, again, it's this idea of well, we could put some pictures in there, but let's try and be a little bit creative and let's try and do something a little bit different. So you know, can't fault that. No, and we get the word from our sponsors here, which is Lars, uh, talking about the sort of summer '94 ideas. Again, being very open. Again, you know, if you read the letters that he was writing to people when he was 18 and, you know, just the correspondence. and so It's the same guy, you know, who's just yeah. made it. And that's the most wonderful thing. Um, really, really insightful here. We get into the local chapters as well that we mentioned before. Um, any names stick out for you as good local chapter names? Uh, no. The Middlesex area Metallicats. Although that's not Middlesex, the UK, actually. So 
Nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it, I did. I, I was talking to my fr- a friend about this the, the other day, and I was saying we were doing the show, and I said, I'm actually really tempted to write to these addresses yeah. and just say, like, oh, hi, are you still there? I'm interested in joining the UK militia from 1994. <laughs> and he's in Swansea as well, so that's just up the road for me. So, you know, we could have a beautiful friendship. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, I think, I, I need to get some people, I need to get uh, BJ Simpson on, the guy who won that contest in the last <laughs> issue. I need to get him on the show. What do you remember? What went down? You need to, uh, no, you need to get Fade to Black Girl from Cunning Stunts on. Yes, yes. I need... That's you need to get on. Oh, my God. And yeah. tell her that, tell her that, that there's this incredibly creepy movement of internet fans fans who seem to be slightly obsessed with her really is that right she got like a fan oh you didn't know that no i just i I know her from cunning stunts but i didn't know she became like a meme or something oh fuck dude on 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 the on the old um on the old metallica club forums and on the old um general public metallica forums there was a big sort of you know that she fade to black girl was you know was was that was a catchphrase you know that would come up regularly and people were just like she so loves jason (laughs) And she's hot. No, it's a cut, dudes. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, we um we did the cunning stunts episode a little yeah, while yeah, ago, yeah. and we mentioned that. And I also mentioned that it, like the top yeah. comment on most of the videos as well. So, so everyone seems to have seen it in some sort of way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We get a report from uh, Metallica's Italian fan club, which is just incredible. Three thousand Italian Ma- Metalla bashers get together here, and mm-hmm. yet another report. Lots of candid photos. We get a discography, which we've sort of gone over before. Reviews of demo bootlegs, John, is the next section. Yes, yes, great. It was interesting rereading. This is a, an article that I did uh, I did read um, in depth because I have all of the demos and I wanted to make sure that I had everything that was available. And I was like, yep, got that one, got that one. Okay, this is good. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, it's, it's, it's great. And obviously now with the deluxe box sets as well, those things are now starting to come yeah. to the fore. Um, so, you know, between from Kill 'Em All up until um, uh, until the Black Album, you know, the b- demos weren't really available. Then post Black Album, they put them on the singles and things. But uh, yeah, it's fascinating to sort of uh, to sort of read um, people's views on these sorts of essentially these incredibly at the time rare gold dust items. And again, we have reviews of their live shows. Interestingly, we have one from um, September 83 in New York. Uh, comment, this is another historic show in the history of Metallica, for it was Dave Mustaine's last recorded show. The sound quality yeah. is very poor from an audience recording. I would not buy it except for the historical value alone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, just on a quick note on the, on the bootlegs, um, you're talking about YouTube. Uh, I recommend, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Full Concerts 100 oh, on yes, YouTube. Yeah. They've got a ton of Metallica stuff on this. If you're looking for a really good source for sort of Metallica bootlegs, visual bootlegs throughout the years, um, I highly recommend everybody goes and checks that channel out. Awesome. And we get Eye of the Beholder, which is the artwork. There's some great stuff in here. Uh, We can't pour over it. I love the one of the sort of cartoon befuddled James Hetfield who forgot to plug his amp in. It's done in sort of a Dilbert-y kind of way. Um, Awesome Jason Charcoal as well. Again, in his Travis Bickle. Very moody. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's Glenn Jones. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, you know, there's uh, lots of talent out there. Those those little cartoony ones you talk about, you know, by Ingo Nolman. Yeah. You know, there's all the band are there. They are great. Those are the kind of things that you think, you know, if you could get that in a print, you know, I might well consider putting yeah. that up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one of Cliff with quite b- big lips, it's fair to say. <laughs> it's quite, <laughs> quite a luscious yeah. Cliff Burton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out Laurie Lock. Uh, Laurie yeah. Lock sent that in. And, it's better um, than I could do. So, oh no, I know. mean it's still good. And uh, you know they are all just. 
I, you know, I can't draw for shit, you know, but I, I love yeah. seeing people's personality come out and, you know, the way they interpret yeah. things. And we get some classifieds. Uh, we get some information on uh, members. This is mentioned in the last issue. I don't know if we touched on it, where you, they wanted to set up some sort of, I guess, primitive forum where people would send mm. messages in and correspond with other members. Were you ever part of anything like this? Because I don't really see how this works. Um, well, it's the it's pen pals, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay. um, no, uh, no, I never, never, never got into that. And um, by the time that I got into the club and things like that, they were already, you know, it was online and you had the website and the forums and things like that. So it replaced that. But I just think it's interesting when we're doing this now in uh, March 2018 with all the, the recent news about Facebook uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, Cambridge Analytics and, and all that sort of stuff and about online privacy. But in 1994, people were totally happy to put their name and full address yeah. In a magazine. <laughs> That's so true. That's Completely so true. fine. You yeah. know, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we end, as the issue seemed to, with a signed photo. And that was issue three, which, again, you know, two issues in, we've not really scraped the surface of what's there, people. You know, we're just trying to give yeah. you uh, a bit of insight here because I think there's just, yeah, so much fascinating stuff. Um, so we get to issue four, which is the Jason Newstead issue. We've discussed Jason at length on this show, John. I know we're both huge fans of this guy. And um, one of the things that I love that's sort of dating this, the first advert is an advert for a Metallostock t-shirt, which is like a hippie shit uh, sort of, you know, Woodstock sort of inversion there. And uh, I like the design. Yeah, it's great. It's it's referenced to, obviously, in 94, they played Woodstock 2. Um, so yeah, I, I've always loved that. In fact, the artwork for the bootleg that I've got is that actual image. Oh, um, right. fun, great time. I've got, I've got, a you know, I've got a personal connection with that. It was the whole Woodstock two was broadcast on radio one, uh, here in the UK live. Um, I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning. I think it was to record, to tape on cassette, the Metallica show, you know, it's, it's got, that's got a little special place in my yeah. little Metallica heart. That was, I just want to also just mention the cover art for this issue is a phenomenal picture of Jason. Yes. Yes. Awesome that is, picture. I mean, if you want to know, you know, if you wanted a picture that sums up Jason's time in Metallica, it's this image of him. He's bathed in yellow light. He's, um, I think he must be mid solo. He's, he's got this war face on. He's, Bending the strings, mm. you know, this sweat dripping on the... It's just a phenomenal, amazing photo. Yeah, his, his hands away from the bridge, so he just plucks something or strums something, and he's yeah. bending the body back to get that sustain, and yeah, he's got the... It's amazing. Yeah, you're right, actually. I sort of skipped over that, but it is a fantastic image of him. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, and yeah, interesting to see, as this magazine progresses, and we're going to touch on this, you know, in later issues as well, the design is going to go through changes, and this is one yeah. of the big ones that I noticed, John, i.e. being different from issues two and three and issue four here uh the enter mailman segment still all the letters but they're experimenting with different fonts for each answer which gives it a bit more of a readability yeah it's 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 almost and they've got these sort of jagged color um blocks behind the photos and things like so what it does is sort of gives it a bit more of a life it gives it a bit more vitality almost like a comic book type vibe to it as well yeah um any letters that stood out here um no i think um lo- what i like is there's lots of um lots of things about you know heartfelt thanks for your lyrics i'd like to thank each band member f- for putting out so much great shit i want to say thanks to everyone for making the metallica club you know lots of uh lots of um positivity and lots of sort of you know just people saying you know thank you for doing this you know and again that connection with the fans doing it for the fans 
Yeah, and we get a letter from Carol B., uh, which is quite nice. Dear James, Lars, Kirk and Jason, hi from the world's oldest living Metallica fan. Well, I may not be the oldest, but I'm not your typical fan, whatever that is. I'm a farmer teacher and a grandmother and I love your music like crazy. In our house, I'm the one who gets yelled at to turn that shit down, but I own the house so I can play it as loud as I want. Yeah, just, you know, just n- nothing, there's no there's no real point to that. There's no. no real question there. It's just somebody saying, I love you, I love the music, and, and, and thanks for everything, you know? And I think it's it's nice that they put these sorts of things in there, you know, and, and, and just sort of, you know, a bit of appreciation, because I'm sure Carol got a huge thrill, as I did, yeah. when I got something published and so what, and you kind of go, holy shit, I'm in the magazine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's great, you know. When, so we're going to get to your issue then eventually, your little mm. submission. Okay, that's cool, mm. that's cool. Um, next next article, sort of similar to the Roaming America article uh, of issue three, sort of travelling the world Metallica in more of a, a European sense. John, you've you got to shoot the graphic designer on this one though. It's tiny font on brick wall backing. It's impossible to read. Yeah, I printed it out, uh, as I said, and I, I, uh, I was like, oh, Jesus, I haven't got a magnifying glass. Yeah. This is really difficult to read, really, really difficult <laughs> to read. But fascinating, you know, because, again, it's about, you know, similar to the previous article, it's about um, a fan who travels, uh, you know, around the world, sees, what does he say at the end, somewhere around um, seeing Metallica 76 times by the 26th of August, 94, I've seen the more than 120 Metallica shows, you know, it's great. And also, here we go, let's let's play Family Ties again. This is written by Nicholas Swanland, mm. who uh, then went on to become Metallica's webmaster. Oh. And also, he started Met on Tour. He, right that was on. his thing. He started it, I think it, we started it as an unofficial thing. It was just him, because he was going around touring. The band saw it, wanted to to bring it on board and he ended up working for them so all the jump in the studio videos and things during the saint anger video anytime you hear somebody talking off ca- off camera that's nicholas nicholas was went on and became a huge part of metallica's digital world for about a decade or so i think about 15 years or so you know so yeah it's again you know a fan who just followed them around went to gigs they met him they chatted with him they you know james at one point says oh, if you have any problems with the shows let me know i can help you out you know and again, you know, they, they liked him and, and he, ended up, uh, he ended up working for them, the jammy bastard. <laughs> um, we get some news, as ever, and Candlebox, we learn, have replaced Alice in Rehab, as they're referred mm-hmm. to, which is a little, little caustic. Mm, yeah. So, and in fact, at that point, uh, I think they uh, on on that tour, on the '94 tour, there was a a little section where they would play an Alice in Chains riff, and James would mime some sort of drug abuse uh, really? on the stage. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's uh, they were again. They said that I think they talked about that in the Playboy interview that we did uh, a while back when yeah. they talk. You know, they they dealt with each other through sarcasm and and almost you know barely conce- concealed vitriol. And I think that they were very, very much in their uh, in that phase at this moment in time. Interesting, yeah. And what a shame again that people like to see Candlebox because, from what I've heard, they suck. I don't know if you've heard them. Never Google them. Never, not interested. Yeah, if if yeah. it's 1994, I can I can already imagine what it's going to be like. Yeah, and it's just not, very, not for me. I just have memories of Candlebox for some reason. Like, do you remember Pandora Radio? which was like mm-hmm. a sort of, you know, it would find what you like and sort of play stuff like that. And I remember I found them through that and you're just, yeah, not not very good. So uh, sorry any Candlebox fans out there. Apparently on this tour as well, Rob Halford's Fight, which I'm not a Judas Priest fan. I'm guessing what, that was like his side project? Yeah, when he left Priest, he formed Fight, yeah. Okay. Uh, he joined Metallica for about half of the dates on that tour. And um, he actually joined them on stage for the last show in Miami. And they played the Priest classic Steeler. Mm-hmm. 
that, which yeah, yeah is that is that a big moment for priests and fans that must be cool have that crossover. i think uh, yeah i think it was cool for metallica as well you know i've got some sort of bootlegs somewhere where they also played rapid fire as well with him at some point you know so yeah i mean again you know they've never been afraid about showing um their um uh their history i suppose their influences on their sleeve you know and 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 um they've made a made a sort of a career out of just involving their their idols and their icons and their peers if you like and you know as i say i haven't read any everything uh, in these issues but there's certain things that have caught my eye that i've read a little bit of and i need to finish i think these are fantastic uh, pieces of literature in terms of appreciating mm-hmm. the band from a critical level um undisposable heroes which is an article uh obsessively about jason but also about cliff and about the sort of the changes in their personality and their playing style and uh, I-, I love this one yeah it's great this is a, a really good comparative piece sort of looking at the two um you know the two bassists in metallica and, and sort of comparing the different styles and getting you know jason's take on cliff as well and, and how they are you know diametrically impo- uh, opposed in terms of their their approach to playing bass in metallica you know jason uh, cliff was very much you know about um doing his own thing and 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 going off and and you know, improvising and playing all sorts of different things, and Jason's very much about the rhythm section, about locking into the into the um, into the drums. You know, it's 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 a fascinating article. I could do without the word art graphics. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's one. There's one page where it has Jason whited out as if in negative, like, like a beast across the text, and then there's like Jason like exploding at the bottom of the page with like a, just a sort of uh, yeah, yeah. A, a shape jagged around him and. Yeah, but it's a very nineties. It's very nineties, but you know what's being written, I think, is quite timeless. And we get tabs yeah. as well. We get you know Cliff Burton examples of anesthesia compared to a, a Blackened or a My Friend of Misery. And the tabs as well, which is a nice touch, aren't done on a sort of Guitar Pro Word doc. They're, they're handwritten and then copied. Yeah. So it just gives it um, a much more intimate feel. And yeah, brilliant article. Really, really good article. Uh, Whiplash again is here. And what's with the James like just jumping with his shirt off on the side? Um, that's taken from a, uh, that's cropped out from a large thing. He's jumping into a pool. Ah, ah, okay, yeah. But it's just, it, it kind of gives you that off-kilter element that Whiplash yeah. has. And I think things are slightly deteriorating mentally and in terms of interest for the band as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that sticks out in this Whiplash edition? Yeah, one thing, sort of a slightly uh, slightly sad note, I suppose, is a, a question from Ben in Scotland who... Um, who talks about um, you know people being ill? But he he asks about um, John, the boy with cancer, in the first part of the year and a half videos. Um, so there's a section in that video where you know they have, uh, I suppose it's like a Make a Wish back in the day, you know, and they have uh, this kid come in and to sort of play guitar with them. And uh, Jason answers and says that John Smith passed away some months after the video. So you know it's. Uh, you know, it, it's sad, but that that you know that was. I remember that that bit of the video striking me. You know that like that. The, here's this huge band making the biggest album of their career, and they've got the time to invite you know a kid with cancer to come in and, and, and jam with them and play guitar in the studio, and they were just so giving and warm and you know and gave their time. And I think that it's you know obviously he's no longer with us, but he's he's now a part of Metallica law. You know he's part yeah. of the history, and he's there for for all of his family to see whenever they they want to. They've got that there, and that was made possible by you know metallica you know so i think that's that's really nice to sort of have that and it's you know obviously it's a shame that he's no longer here 
Of course, yeah, and uh, no, thanks for sharing that. I hadn't, hadn't, that hadn't caught my eye. They few other ones that um, are interesting. Do you have? Do you, any of you Metalla guys have any Metalla kids? Nikki Y says from no. New Jersey. Uh, Kirk says the reason none of us have Metalla kids is because of Metalla condoms. Well, they missed a trick there because, you know, a decade later, Kiss came out with Kiss condoms. They could have been in first, Metallica. That's crazy. I mean, the Kiss merchandise thing, I just recently learned that uh, I knew there were Kiss coffins, which is yeah. which is mad. Um, Dimebag Darrell was bar- buried in one? He was indeed, yeah. Huge Kiss fan. Yeah. So, uh, Unbelievable. Yes, they, they get a bit of stick to Kiss for their merchandising. But, you know, it's, it is the music business. Yeah, people buy it. Yeah, exactly. People, yeah, People buy it. Uh, and just a few things that sort of illustrate James's early 90s persona, you know, a bit brasher, uh, perhaps a bit more heart on the sleeve. Why does James call live audiences fags and sluts, asks Susan. He says, because I have the microphone and I'm not a nice man. Yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, that last bit, I'm not a nice man, you know, yes, a little bit of uh, uh, foreshadowing, I think, there. Definitely, yeah. and finally, uh, James is asked by Becca from Portland, Maine, what's the first mag you grab when you go to the store? <laughs> he says, gay vegetarian whale savers monthly. <laughs> Yes. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> the yeah. 90s. He, he didn't give a shit, did he? No, no, he didn't. And we get a lovely um, photo college uh, collage, sorry, of Jason here and his, his sort of, you know, inception uh, musically with lots of photos behind. It's sort of slightly hard to read with the writing on yeah. top, but I like what they've done. And there's lots of stuff here that, yeah, I've never ever seen before. And mm. it's just. There's so many damn photos of this band, isn't there? Like, they seem to have this endless stream of interesting snaps. Yeah, I mean, this is focusing on, as you say, James's musical career, really. Um, so it goes through everything. And then we've got lots of different photos of the different uh, bands he's been in. Interesting, again, that they note, you know, extracurricular recording projects and experiences. Yeah. So, you know, the, the side projects that would be would later become such a huge issue for the band and for James in particular. But, yeah, it's nice to, again, this information you wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But, you know, up until this, you wouldn't know that in 1983, James was in a band called, uh, Jason was in a band called Dogs. You know, it, it, it's just, it's again, it's that attention to detail and about that, that idea of sharing his mind with the, with the, you know, the people who are diehards because we, you know, you're actually paying for this, you know, so it's, it's fascinating reading. And we just get more and more, just absolute deluge of information on Jason um, where we have, yeah. again, the graphic design of this isn't great with the small no. reds on the back. But, you know, let's focus on the content. So this is um, Jason's longtime friend, Eric Braveman, interviews Jason's dad, brother, neighbor, Kirk, and Metallica club members, and anyone else who would stop by to talk to him. So here we have, no joke, probably about 100 different questions asked to lots mm. and lots of different people. Uh, sort of similar to Whiplash with lots of answer stuff. And again, we can't pull through this, but my God, So What magazine, stop spoiling us. I know it's 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 just again the level of of depth that they're trying to go to to make this something worthwhile yeah. so that you know people can't say well I paid you know thirty dollars and what am I getting you know you're getting you know an interview with Jason's brother you know yeah, and his, his dad neighbor, you know, it's just yeah his neighbour Dave Bartles like <laughs> I know hi Dave yeah yeah that's a Metallichamp question <laughs> what's Jason's neighbour called <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know. It's kind of impossible to read. I want to stress that. But if someone can harvest this, you know, and just you can imagine, I don't know, like Loudwire or something, 100 facts about Jason Newstead. And like they would just get him from here because there's so much stuff no one's ever heard before. And, um, yeah, you know, they, 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 they really give him a good tribute, I think, on this issue. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Are we going to talk about the Kirk 
uh, bit. There's some interesting sections in the Kirk uh, uh, bit of okay, Jason. Okay, okay, I haven't read it yet, but I literally just okay. looked at it as you're saying it. Mm. Kirk accuses Jason of being a paedophile? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Uh, yeah, so this is the thing you see. Uh, you obviously you obviously have to, have to recognise that this is... Um, completely in line with the way that they were dealing with each other mm. and specifically as well how they were dealing with Jason in two, in 2018 like if you showed that to Kirk now I'm sure he'd want to rip his eyes out yeah. um, for saying something so horrific um, but he does go on and again not a justification but he, he does go on later in that to um he says, um, so Eric asks him, you know, what's Jason's job as you see it? And then Kirk replies, uh, scapegoat. He's still the new guy. Yeah. And uh, they go into this discussion of, um, you know, a lot of fans seem to think um, he's the only member. And, and Kirk says, I have to slip this in because uh, we haven't been giving him a, a new guy bullshit for a while. So this is a good opportunity. You know, and uh, Kirk then goes on to say, you know, we're not sure if, whether or not everyone still knows who he is still. So, you know, th- th- this this idea, this this legendary sort of thing about them hazing Jason and the way that they treated him. You know, we've actually got a bit of it here in print, you know, because mm. before d- direct quotes. It's interesting to read that. He does, however, Kirk, then redeem himself later on in that by saying, you know, that um, every time I see him being Jason, it's the best time we have. He's the sunshine. Um, he is the sunshine. He's the apple of my eye. And um, he's asked why. And he says, because he's just he's Jason. He's his own particular brand of Jason. Every time I see him, I feel so much better about life because he's Jason. And I know that he's Jason. So um, he redeems himself there by, by by being actually nice, um, and uh, yeah. So but he, yeah, but he does hark back to uh, the song. So what? Basically saying that one of the verses is about Jason. So you know, in terms. Of I know it's it's you know you read it now with with you know with modern eyes and you're like for fuck's sake you know come on. <laughs> that is, see, this is why you need to check out. So what? Like, yeah. there's no way you'd know that otherwise. It's, that's inaccessible, and that is yeah, that is intriguing. We get a great poster of Jason as well. I like his shirt yeah. that he's wearing, the white shirt yeah. with the James. Did I've not seen that before? That's cool. No, um, I love that shirt, and I really wish that when they are talking about reissuing ones, that they reissue that because it's yeah. the it's the scary guy logo, but not the one from Binge and Purge. It's the one that actually sort of features, I think, on the um, the Live at Wembley CD that we were talking right. about, um, and it's off center, so it's sort of it's more on the left, yes, uh, yes. the left shoulder than it is the main thing. It's a an amazing t-shirt yeah they should definitely wish i'd love to see it like you know whenever you me and my girlfriend go to like top shop or something you always see metallica shirts there but they're pretty much always mm. just the puss head i know it's not great but it's you know it's there for some reason it's a brand you always see the puss head stuff like <laughs> that but you know it's yeah. something like this this is cool but i guess most people wouldn't they know it's metallic because it has the m spikes you know they they need yeah. that to sort of uh, grip onto so um so let it be written is here which has a wonderful photoshop of shakespeare rocking a kill em all shirt yes which yeah. i mean Yes. To uh, kill what, or not what, to kill. What can you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we get some concert reviews. We get a Woodstock 94 review. Uh, Mechanicsburg um, as well. We get a, a review there. We get a day in the life of Jason. Um, with some odd sort of vomit splodges on the back of the, of the, yeah. uh, of the thing here. What, what did you think of this one? 
Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is an interesting one because it's written by, you know, Eric Braverman, who yeah. did the previous interview we were just talking to. It, he has actually um, met Jason back in the Flotsam days. And um, this is a sort of a, um, um, an article about, you know, uh, the, the day that he spent when he met with, J- met with Jason when they were on tour and things like that. And the, the vomit's there because it features highly in the story about how Eric spends most of his time throwing up, not being able to handle his booze. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting little nuggets in here. There's a um, reference to Nicholas from Sweden, um, who is um, Nicholas Swanland, who we talked about earlier in the thing, and also that's where they talk about Robert Trujillo uh, and inviting him over to a party in a hotel. So lots of little family tie links there. Mm-hmm. Intriguing. In the word from our sponsors, Jason shares musical bands and artists that he's into, and this was very exciting for me that you mentioned. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. I highlighted it specifically. <laughs> He mentions Tom Waits. Which he does. I kn- I think I did know that he liked Tom Waits because I remember in the So What hardcover book, in a later issue, Jason gives a list of what he's listening to, and I think he says Mule Variations, uh, which yeah. is Waits's '99 release. But yeah, obviously, dear listeners, you know that I'm a giant Tom Waits fan. In my eyes, he is the peak. He's the greatest songwriter, uh, in my view, uh, of all time. But I know you a lot of people were... don't feel the same. Do you do do you uh, do you have a podcast about Tom Waits? I, well, yeah, it's funny you mention actually. Uh, down in the <laughs> hole, I may I may have uh, given that little preview here and there, but yeah, down in the <laughs> hole, it's where uh, I cut my teeth. Me and Sam Wiles, who comes on the show, we do the music videos and stuff like that. Um, we did that. That was our first sort of tribute. So yeah, I obviously adore adore Tom Waits, and I it was so cool to see him here. And let, let, let's hear what Jason has to say. He says uh, a fabulous drunk piano and guitar player, songwriter, singer through the 70s. He has a unique uncanny ability to piece together words that were never meant to be together and make real sense out of them. His most recent music last dozen of years or so is like a huge broken down clock with bells, whistles and howls etc and some great bass foot pedal action and you know as a fan I was intrigued to see what actually he would recommend himself. He recommends Closing Time which is uh, Waits' debut which doesn't sound anything like what you think Tom Waits sounds like. It's very sort of Tim Panali sing- singer-songwriter bebop sort of stuff it's still really good mm-hmm. rain dogs uh, which is the sort of middle of this um unbelievable reinvention trilogy in the 80s rain dogs is definitely one of his best albums it's cool that he says that swordfish trombones which was rain dogs predecessor big time the live release and frank's world years which was actually the swordfish rain dogs and frank's form what's called the rain dogs trilogy so um again i guess at this time bone machine probably hadn't came out yet or maybe just was i think it's a little bit after that but um yeah cool to see that he says tom waits and cool to see that in the promising bands he mentions caius and machine head yeah exactly and again family ties scott reader was the bass player for caius who obviously then went on to audition for the the position of bass player in some kind of monster oh is that right i can't remember what he looked like is he actually is he on the film yeah, he is. He's he's got long hair and a beard, and he's um, he plays as Jason notes, and he plays a left-handed. He plays a right-handed guitar, but at bass, but it's left-handed and it's strung upside down. So his E string is um, you know furthest away from him. It's at the bottom of the guitar. So yeah, he's in there. It's his version of bells isn't good. Okay. Oh oh yeah, it's that guy. Yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Looks like Jesus. Yes. Oh yeah yeah. Definitely remember him. Who was that guy? Was that the same guy? Who was that guy who had like uh, light up frets? Was that Twiggy? Remember the guy? He has like, um, he's like he's he's fre- he's twelve fret. He's like blue and it's shining as he's auditioning. That, that might have been Scott actually. Might that might have been Scott, Scott Reader. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Jason, you know, along with Tom Waits, mentions a lot of interesting artists here: Black Sabbath, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Earth Wind on Fire, Earth Wind and Fire, Eric Clapton, and then Kaiser Machine, and some songs as well that he's checking out by Alice in Chains mm-hmm. and Bob Mole. And you know, I'd love to make a Spotify playlist of those tracks. You know, just get insight into his head. 
Yeah, well, there, um, it's interesting he mentions Voivod, because yes. obviously Jason Layson went on later went on to play bass in Voivod post-Metallica. Yeah. He so. mentions the rolling band as well as Van Morrison and Albert King. and you know, He's a very eclectic man, Jason, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Uh, we get some local chapter info as well. The frayed ends of Arlington, bang yeah. the head that doesn't bang in Illinois, which I, yeah. I just well, felt like you just put Illinois on the end of that. Yeah, well, interesting. Here we go. More family ties. Yeah. That gentleman there, Dan, I'm going to... Yeah, that's Try and pronounce weird, his name. Yeah. Dan Nikolaiko yeah. uh, actually works for Metallica now. Oh, really? In what capacity? Yeah, he, um, well, if you, um, he, well, let's see. The most recent thing he's done is he's sort of coordinating the deluxe box sets. Wow. What a role. So he, again, he was a fan, um, chapter, you know, he's, um, he's on the Metallica forums. If you ever see Met Club Dan, that's him. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, again about about the fans you know they 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 meet these people they see their commitment they see they're not you know starry-eyed and 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 idol worshippers and they uh they end up uh, working for them <laughs> where's my job love yeah. where's my job <laughs> where's mine i've done a bloody podcast on you for year for months now yeah. uh, I'll, I'll i'll catalog your uh, i'll catalog your archive lars i'll oh do that for you god. for free oh my god yeah that would be incredible i remember um Oh, what was his name now? I can't remember the guy's name. There was this guitar player who was on this podcast that I love. And he was like Zappa's, not Steve I, but he was like one of Zappa's guys. And mm-hmm. and now that Zappa's uh, obviously passed away, he takes care of the Zappa estate, which is just yeah. you know, endless tapes that you have to convert from old formats to new. And yeah, working with the band. And be, like, it's like Mark Lewisham, the uh, Beatles historian, who for a yeah. while was like official correspondent for them and the BBC and worked with them. And, you know, to be a fan and to be in that mode, because that's who you want. You don't want some corporate asshole. You want someone who you know oh they want to hear yeah. this demo tape or whatever we get um shorty straw issue four i think we should play shorty straw in the future maybe although the problem is you mm-hmm. might have seen the issues but we could maybe come up with a funny caption ourselves and maybe not cheat here but basically lars is sitting on a, a road case in an airport you know saying like oh shucks as someone i think james beside him has his head in his hand yes yeah so yep, yeah yep. It's, that's gonna be that's gonna be a funny one to see let's see what people say uh, the grand prize there was an autographed bass guitar for jason using his pre-flotsome days pretty good yeah yeah that's cool. i mean that's a piece of history right there yeah definitely uh we get some uh, demo bootlegs as well lots of expansive interesting reviews um you know stuff from uh, the kabuki theater in california the the donnington show uh the monsters yeah. of rock 85 as well and um the sort of uh yeah on his guitar was written kill bon jovi which have set mr bon jovi to put it mildly mm. and then we get this zach section what was this about zach rules so Zach uh, Zach Harmon, who uh, still works for Metallica uh, to this day, is featured in some kind of monster. He's uh, um, he's uh, the bass tech, really. So on the road, he's Rob's bass tech. He was Jason's bass tech. I think he did a bit of tech work for Cliff as well. And he sort of generally um, oversees HQ. So he he uh, you know he's sort of uh, president of HQ, if you like. So yeah. So this is something I think that um, people have gone out. To the different people, I didn't quite get this when I first read yeah, it until I realised that the people who are responding are they, are they so they're giving their answers. So they speak yeah. to Jason and James and Kirk and so on and so forth. So you know, just a little bit of a uh, an overview of uh, Jason's bass tech, really. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and there's sort of the photo of him is him pushing someone to the crowd with a gun to his head, which is uh, yes, intriguing slightly portrait. troubling. Yeah, I'm going to assume that's a fake gun. We'll go with that, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Uh, we get Jason's equipment list, like we got Lars's drum list before, which you know is brilliant. Like especially for a kid in the '90s who maybe loves Jason Newstead, yeah. you know, want to emulate him really, like you know, to a T. 
This is the only way you can find it. What amps he uses in the studio, what effects he uses, special gear. You know, Zach is actually listed under special gear as well, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and, and a 45 Auto Magnum. So, you know, maybe that was the one that Zach was uh, pimping out. <laughs> we get some, yeah. um, some more news. You know, back issues are already being made available here. Uh, being uh-huh. a Metalla member and getting credits and, like, being yes. used that to buy stuff for. Yeah, so you would... Uh... If you referred people, so they would uh, you, you would send away for these slips that had your membership number on them, and if you referred people and they became members in the club, you were able to get credit. So if you did five people, you'd get a personalised autograph 8x10 picture and so on and so forth. And, and then the main prize, obviously, if you managed to get 100 people to join, which I'd be hugely <laughs> impressed with, you got a personalised Black Album Platinum Award. Wow. So, wow. If, anyone, if just, anyone knows of anyone who won that, please get in touch. Yeah, something of interest as well. We talked about it in the in the previous issue about the uh, this little quaint, lovely view of the internet. Um, they were talking again. There's a thing about Metallica Club Online, and my favourite bit was uh, was a, a section that says, "We have also found the internet." So <laughs> uh, don't say that we underst- uh, didn't say we understood it, but we can find it. We don't monitor that board as often or post information there. So I just love the idea that they're saying, "Oh, we we've just discovered this thing called the internet." Yeah. Uh, Eye of the Beholder is back with all the art there is some really cool stuff here like a dragon above the ride the lightning sky Uh, Mm -hmm. we get some more stuff from Ingo Nolman as well his little Garfield-esque caricatures I like the one of Jason again in the ride the lightning mode it's like his shoulders like smoking yeah yeah that's uh that's a yeah, it's a it's a great one. You know, he's got his little uh, war face on. There's some sweat there. It's a, not a very good Metallica logo, but again, who am I? No, to, uh, oh yeah, criticize? it's a bit off. Yeah, Sue Iverson, but yeah, the face she's got down. Yeah, definitely. Stephen Wig, uh, Stephen Wig, there again with a really good uh, portrait of the band. So again, more family ties yes, there. Yes, and um, James has the creeping Duluth on his shirt. Um, the, of course. The chapter and Alice in Rehab is on Lars's shirt again. So uh, yeah, cropping yeah. up again. Um, there's James with his arm around. I guess the artist with Sammy Kadaja. Who is that? The James is maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, James is really good. I, I can't yeah, say if that's good, a, yeah. an accurate likeness of Sammy, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like an identifit sort of guy. Where I think James is a bit more of a, a face there. <laughs> yeah. And then Cliff in Heaven rocking out. Oh man, that's a nice. Yeah. Ingo yeah. Norman, yeah, and and like there's an angel on another cloud, like looking over quizzically as he's sort of <laughs> like it's yeah, that's lovely. That's yeah, lovely, really, it good. is. Yeah, I like the Chad Stowell one. I appreciate listeners, you can't see any of these, but you know, there. no. <laughs> there's one. is like James is this roided out hamster with his explorer. Yeah, uh, yeah, hamster. That's a good one. Yeah, you, you're right. It's the teeth. It's the yeah, teeth, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just ton, tons of good images, and occasionally fan photos as well that people have submitted over the years, which are always interesting yeah. to see. Uh, we get classifieds as ever at the end. We get mentions of when people can write to, and then we get a little bit of a, a, a Jason thing uh, with an sort of advert for his amp, and then picture of them on stage uh, with Lars and James as well. And yet another good issue, John. Yeah, great. I mean, it's 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 fascinating to sort of look back on these things and not just from the point of view of sort of saying, oh, isn't it quaint? Oh, look at that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Oh, 94. There's actually, as we talked about, you know, little bits of information, little bit nuggets in there and uh, that you, you might not know before or that you might not have heard before, but also it's it's a really good marker as to where the band was, particularly as you say that whiplash section where they're really starting to come to the forefront in terms of responding. You know, so it's it, it's a nice little time capsule back to back to a simpler age. 
completely and please let us know in the comments you know if you own so what what your memories with so what get in touch with me as well metallicapod.gmail.com i would like to read out some emails from people who were subscribed to the club or favorite issues you remember or maybe you got something printed or let me know you know because this is going to be an ongoing series now on the channel i think there'll probably be about another seven or eight episodes like there's loads yeah. of uh, so what issues and obviously we're going to try and i guess free um will be the most arguably we could do this entire runtime on one issue if we really want yeah. to but as i say we're just giving you an insight i'm just thinking about stuff that i'd be intrigued by maybe if i was a metallica fan i didn't know about so hopefully you've enjoyed this um please get in touch with me as i say metallica.gmail.com subscribe to us on the patreon uh, itunes as well leave us a review on there if you want to support looks like what we got next john would be the holiday issue Mm-hmm. Which is sort of a Christmas one, and then uh, Summer Sanitarium. So it skips ahead a bit. Is there Volume Six we might be missing, which I think is like Reload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch. Yeah, so just jump in time. But we, you know, we're, we're, when we get to it, you, you know, obviously there's a marked progression and sort yeah. of improvement in terms of the quality and things yeah exactly and you know again if anyone has any access to these or knows how to get them i, I might just buy them as i say i'm probably going to pick some up anyway but uh you know it's it's less for us to cover i suppose in the end so it's kind of a, <laughs> a little bit of a blessing in disguise but john yeah. as ever this has been great how do people um get at you your content um so that johnstorm.wordpress.com is where you can uh, you can come and find me i'm 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 there basically and uh, yeah, we'll put all the links below. Again, let us know what you enjoy about So What. Please follow the show at Metallica Pod. Uh, this has been Tom. John, thank you again, man. Thanks for having me, Tom. Mm-hmm.